and welcome to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast to talk about strange things that make the world go round. I am the artist in question, Anne Blake, and I am here with my economist in question, Mr. Stephen Kinsella. How are you doing, Anne? I'm good, I'm good. I mean, whenever you're listening to this in the future, Ireland's really hot and sunny and we're not going to get stuck talking about the weather, but it is a slight into what we're going to talk about today. Like, it is very lovely. Yeah, and, and it's 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 happiness inducing. Um people are wearing um wearing shorts and t-shirts and, and light dresses and everybody's um smiling. Um they're they're people out cycling and throwing themselves into rivers and just generally enjoying life. Um the whole place is overdosing on whatever the vitamin is that gets produced when you your skin hits sunlight. D. And, it's uh, I'm pretty it sure. D? It is D, yeah, because okay. I think we're all fairly deficient in it. So yeah, yeah. Well, now we're overdosing in it, so it's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's really good. And, and I, I guess um, it's one of the things. It, it's uh, it, we there is a thing where, you, and it's really recognized in the medical literature that um, the weather really affects your mood. Um, and you know the the the. There's an, old, there's an old oasis line about it you know nobody ever mentions the weather can make or break your day um but it's absolutely making everyone's day at the moment so that's good um it also means on dark day that your day is broken right so yes, um, yeah so it got me thinking um about happiness and um about where happiness comes from and what you need to be happy um and i i've been i've been doing a lot of reading about this um and, and some writing and because i'm well some of it is about how well let's go back a little bit so in 1897 mm. um a, a guy called um francis isidro Ed, edgeworth an irish guy literally mr edgeworth from edgeworth's town like no joke um he he went uh he was a professor in england um and he was uh probably the preeminent economist of his day but he came up with something called the hedonic calculus so hedonism is the idea of pleasure you know constantly chasing pleasure um you, you there was a previous idea called utility and utility was this notion of like satisfaction, like you ate, but you ate a banana, you felt satisfied. And if you ate two bananas, it was better than one banana. And Edgers was like, no, it's not really about satisfaction. It's, you know, the bananas are nice, but you don't want to eat 10 of them, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's about pleasure. It's about, it's about, you know, some kind of enjoyment. And so he came up with something called a hedonic calculus. And, and that was, um, uh, the, uh, that was transformed later on, but it was this idea that you can sometimes measure happiness. Okay. You could, you could say, well, you know, after a certain point, you know, eating, eating, you know, drinking coffee or having beers or doing whatever it, 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 it's at a certain point, it, it, you just don't want to do it anymore, mm. you know? Um, and there was this idea of diminishing returns. So each additional unit of coffee or alcohol or bananas or whatever just made you less and less and less happy. Um, but over time, this 19th century notion of this hedonic calculus or this hedonic treadmill, we just get mm -hmm. more and more and more pleasure and more and more and more um, happiness from consumption. 
it sort of get people decided to try to measure it and they went out and they actually asked people how happy are you and they've done it now for hundreds of thousands of people over 50 years nearly and so we do actually have a really good um uh, science of measurement of happiness and we, we do test like there are the, the, there are, there are things called the cantrill steps um mm-hmm. um where you know they ask a very very specific question like at this point in your life at this point in your day how would you rate your happiness um uh you know in a, a one out of ten kind of levels are you a seven out of ten are you a five out of ten are you eight out of ten and so forth and then they figure out like what is it about your answer that what is it about your life that gives rise to your answer do you know what i mean okay so it's like oh well you know you know i'm not in a tent today because it turns out it's a really sunny day and, <laughs> you know um uh you know i'm talking with my friend and i you know i have a nice job and blah 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 blah, right and then maybe it's a lovely sunny day but you got to work outside so you're not actually that happy yeah do you get me so, i do yeah yeah so so there's a sort of a, um there's a way to measure this is my point and um, they've been doing it for years and years and years and it's easy to see you know um at points in a survey-based measure right so this is an important point when you survey anyone the first thing you expect is that they're going to lie to you really yeah yeah surveys are really interesting now now sometimes people actively lie you know they go did you eat the mars bar and you go no i did not eat the mars bar it's like literally it's hanging out of your mouth you know right so sometimes <laughs> people just but sometimes the people will they, they'll say things that aren't correct because they don't remember it. You know, do you eat a Mars bar? No. Well, I have a receipt of eating Mars bar. Oh, I definitely did eat a Mars bar. Mm. You know, um, it, of course, of course, it comes out, you know, did you ever steal money? Have you ever cheated on your spouse? You know, no, 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 of course not. Of course not. You know, here's you robbing a bank with, with your lover, you know, this kind of stuff, right? So mm. a lot of it is like that. Um, but but you know, survey data is very, very messy. But it's the only, well, Previous to it, previous to current generation, it was the only way of measuring. Okay. Um, but we can now measure your brain, and we can measure your blood, and we can measure your heart. We can measure your eyes. Um, there's a new Apple device out, which is like it looks like a pair of ski goggles, and it's got an, it's got the world's most advanced eye tracking system in it. It can literally track your pupils down to the nanometer so it can see if you're happy or sad or whatever because your emotions come through your eyes okay yeah that yeah. sounds well i don't know to me my immediate reaction to that is that sounds very stressful oh it's stressful and it's creepy um, <laughs> yeah it's like i i don't know uh, but okay but back to yeah. um this measuring the measuring yeah. measuring uh of measuring New Zealand or uh where was it uh Yabby Creek do you remember in yeah. Home and Away oh yeah God. everyone talked they talked about Yabby Creek but no one ever seen we never saw it it was just no. like the, this ethereal it was like Shelbyville or something yeah other yeah. place sorry yeah. back to measuring happiness or the this these surveys that have been done interesting like what 1897 I mean just a bit of context corner um that is the leaving cert starting this week at the time of recording actually today and uh in uh, 897 is exactly 100 years before i did my leaving cert just thought how can i connect myself to this study somehow 
It is all about Alan. Did it that make Did that make you happy? It did. It did. It did. <laughs> I centered myself in this big, grand, universal yes. question. Well, okay. I think it's, yeah, everybody everybody sees themselves in the, in the world. <laughs> so it's so true. Um, yeah, but it, it, what what is what is <laughs> what is um, also really interesting is that um, when you do the leaving cert, the um, the weather must always be amazing. Yes. The, the the pen has to be slipping out of your hand with the, with the heat. Um, otherwise, it's not a leaving cert. I just consider and the, well, in fairness, the junior cert too. Might is that oh, happening? Yeah. In, is that happening in your house this year? It is. I uh, no, no next year. Next year. I mean, I just always look at the students like in kind of ancient terms of sacrificial lambs being offered up in return for our good yeah. <laughs> kind of like something out of the wicked man but and you're like worth it <laughs> yes well worth we it. were all, we were all sacrificed at some point so that's um, true that's true our, our our happiness was sacrificed yeah um, yeah, yeah. for others to, to, to get us back to the subject at hand uh yeah. talk about measuring happiness or measuring pupils and uh emotions yeah, so the point is we've gotten much much better measuring um and we can i do cross-country measures um we can do we can also now instead of going like how happy are you you can talk about worry and um, anxiety and uh empathy and you know like all these things so you're able to really 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 dig into the components of what um makes for a happy life mm. Um, and this is why this is why I got really interested in it. In fact, because I'm looking around at Ireland in, in 2023, and I'm going, okay, right. So, it, like, it's a pretty cool place to live, you know. Like, it is. I mean, you you, you can find instances and examples of badness in this place. You can say, well, look, you know, people don't have houses and there aren't enough um, um, has hospital beds and so forth. And you're right and all of that, right? But objectively, there is no doubt that if you had to choose a, a year in which to be born, you know, any year uh, prior to now or now, you would choose now because medical science is much better. Standard living is vastly higher um, it is a totally 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 different world that we live in even relative to 1997. Mm. I, I mean it's just a different rich inward the, the state spends double what it spent when we were doing our junior cert mm. right it's going to spend 110 billion euros this year um i just finished a piece for the currency talking about what a 200 billion euro state would look like Mm. What would it feel like? You know, you're talking about because like, we can afford that now. Like it's incredible, you know. Um, but would it? I mean, the, you know, would that make us happy? Maybe. Um, it, it would certainly make. Um, it would certainly make um, the people waiting on houses happy, mm. uh, right? It would make them happier. Um, but happiness is a funny ratchet um, uh, nature to it. So. Um, the way to think about this is you before the day before you get broadband like broadband is the biggest problem in the world to you it is the thing that animates you you be like right into your td and kicking off about it and telling everyone how crap your broadband is and the day after you get your broadband silence right because mm -hmm. it's like it's now working because broadband is like plumbing yeah right and so and, and every elected representative I've ever spoken to about this says the same thing. It's like people bang your doors down and then the next day it is silence. Mm. 
because it's just happening then and they've they've got it fixed and no one ever rings up to say thanks you know and they're like they're like yeah it is something the politicians really notice by the way they really notice that they can work their asses off on your behalf and really exert they really exert themselves and then like like go well above the call of duty and um people will uh people will um simply absorb it and then, so don't as as one person said to me don't get into politics looking for gratitude you will not find it <laughs> and, uh, that's fair enough that's part of the game so anyway um uh what is interesting about ireland is if you wanted to make us happier what would you do um because you can't like like the ratchet effect is here right so you can't like do broadband again yeah you know? You know, if people can only live in one house, like there's only one bed you can sleep in, right? Um, you can you can make the schools better. We did. You can make the universities better. We did. Sixty percent of our generation have an undergraduate degree. Like mm. so, like the state spent money, and you and I went to college for nothing, which yeah. is incredible, right? Um, and you know these kinds of things, like we forget, we forget our, our parents' generation when our parents were in their forties. Only twenty percent of the of the population went to college. Yeah. Now it's sixty percent. Like yeah. it's there. It, it's to the point that it's absolutely expected that the kids, you know, at least, you know, three out of five of of, of the of the generation doing the leaving cert today are going to go to college. Yeah. Like that's an extraordinary thing to say. And it does. Uh, by the way, like we just go yeah yeah whatever. Like the rest of the world, this does not happen. We have the highest uh, third level participation rate uh, in the developed world. It's absolutely oh, wow. yeah, like like people in Iceland and Finland and Denmark, where it's free like air to go. They don't have the same level of university attendance. It's extraordinary. Like mm. anyway, anyway. Um, Out of so curiosity, are, not not to get dead, um, sidetracked, but would they have good? My memory of meeting Scandinavian people, I think they're from Norway. They very strong apprenticeships and very yes. strong yeah. programs that weren't you know you could get into professions. And get really good qualifications but it was mm -hmm. kind of through apprenticeships mm -hmm. rather than yeah okay yeah. yeah and so now ireland has a new apprenticeships uh, system okay. so you can do everything you can do it you can do an apprenticeship all the way to a phd it's also wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. So the, the, the brand these brand new systems they're only three or four years old so we don't really mm -hmm. know the outcomes yet but they've just started um and so you could do insure uh, uh, apprentices in apprenticeships in like insurance and law and stuff and it's really different you know and you, you wow. earn as you learn yeah it's a really cool model so, um and it's it's from the german and the norwegian example yeah yeah um, so the question is we're not getting we're not gonna get poorer right Unless there's a you war or something. You can't see this. My fingers are crossed. Uh, yeah, in the yeah, visual. yeah. Okay, go on. Right. Go on. Same, same. Right. <laughs> no, we, we're, we're going to go through ups and downs. But in general, the arc tends towards wealth, wealth accretion. Um, like I'm looking around. At, I'm sitting in my office at the University of Limerick, and I'm looking around at these buildings, right? And the buildings were built in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And they're all still here, right? And we're building new buildings and they're going to be here in like a hundred years. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the funny thing about buildings. You build them to last for 50 years and like they don't fall down <laughs> after 50 years um, unless you really build them badly. So the buildings mm. that are here now, they're going to be here for another 50, 100 years. They're certainly going to see us both out. Mm. Right. Um, fine. Great. Happy days. 
Um, and then some other people will come and they'll build other buildings. That's great. Um, and they'll, they'll, those buildings will be better than the ones that were built today. Yeah. And that's progress. That is, that is, I suppose, the roughest and perhaps truest measure of progress that we have, that with the things that we build today, the people that we build today, the things that we use today are kind of in some sense better. In some, yeah. in some perhaps indefinable, but perhaps definable way, better insulation technology is better. I happen to just, I just happen to be spending a fair whack of my time looking at the fabric of <laughs> the built environment at the moment. Um, um, is this because you, because uh, you recently moved house and you're looking I, at? I recently moved house. So I moved from a house that was built in, um, 2005 to a house that was built in 1812. Wow. So I can see the lack of, I can see the progress really clearly. You know, um, yeah. and sometimes lack of progress. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. Uh, there's. Uh, I was inter interestingly, I was recently in a building that's been shut for a long time. I was, you know, it, it's it's been closed for a long time, and it, it's quite an old building, but it's actually really dry and in good shape because it has this ventilated ceiling and um, the kind of stuff that if if we had these buildings in COVID, it wouldn't have spread as quick because it's a very old, simple architectural technology to keep a building ventilated so and you know so some things disapprove but i mean that's without getting caught up in um i mean i often feel like i preferred when i had a, a mobile phone that you could turn off but the alarm would come on you know but do you remember before the iphone the the original the mobile phones before smartphones if you set an alarm on your phone like to wake you up in the morning you could turn your phone off at night and the and then the phone would come back to life with the alarm Oh. You didn't have to, yeah and then the iphone came out and suddenly it was like no your phone has to be on for your alarm and somebody some journalist questioned uh, a person and they said well your your phone simply has to be on for your alarm it's like um no it used to be <laughs> that used not be the case so don't gaslight me man you know um so so some some things improve some things get lost some cool sure. things get lost in the mix but mm. on the grand kind of graph that you're talking about yeah. um yeah yeah um and the, it turns out that, that from the literature there's a really really good measure of what okay. advanced developed economies need to so so i we, we we know we need health we know we need education these are all obvious things but it turns out that what you really need is freedom from fear okay and this is a really it's it's one of these things that when you say it, you go yeah that's obvious but actually it's not so so the the um, freedom from fear means if you're in america and you don't have health insurance and you get um uh cancer you could lose your house as well as your life yeah uh, your parents or your your spouse could be bankrupted by your random illness yeah. There's fear there. Um, if you send your kids to school, they might get shot. Yeah. Right. And, they, and that's, you know, by many measures, the most advanced, most developed economy in the world, but it's stuffed with fear, right? Are you people that they, they, they seem like they're, they're scared of everything. You know, I, um, uh, there's, um, have you come across the concept of a Karen? Yes. But go yes. On. So, uh, the Karen is somebody who's completely infected with fear mm. right um and it's usually a she but the they will use 
anything that can they can including calling the cops and stuff to get rid of their fear mm. um and so the the interesting thing is that there are different parts of america obviously and there have been there are places where for all intents and purposes they have almost european healthcare systems right and so and better gun control better gun regulations and you know the there's always a natural experiment in that canada is is basically america um just without the crazy yeah. and um we can do these experiments these statistical experiments and what what happens is when people don't have the fear of losing their home because they get sick and they don't have the fear of you know losing their their kids when they go to school and they don't have the fear of um, somebody who's a different color than them robbing them and killing them and all this they tend to be happy mm. sure enough again sounds obvious probably not so how this is a really good question is a really good question um is in the next 30 to 50 years given that we're probably going to get richer anyway what is the optimal way to organize society it probably doesn't make sense that we're all out to maximize profits mm. right if we tried that it doesn't really work it probably doesn't make sense that we're all, all out to maximize happiness because if we all trying to make ourselves the happiest little versions of ourselves then we're all we all basically become instagram influencers and they're all miserable really mm. um however if you go out to minimize fear or perhaps cruelty mm. you, you go out, you, you say i wish for a world of minimal cruelty yeah that's actually a really really good society to live in yeah it doesn't mean you won't get cancer right it doesn't mean somebody won't bop you on the head with a brick it doesn't mean that you won't die it doesn't mean that your spouse won't cheat on you it doesn't mean that you won't be in a car accident it doesn't mean that you won't lose your job it doesn't mean that you won't i don't know color outside the lines right it doesn't mean any of those the, the idiosyncratic um parts of life the things that make us human the things that people artists write about mm. you know those all happen in yeah. this world yeah it's just that when those things happen you don't lose everything and you'll probably be grand like yeah. after a while yeah right? that is uh, uh, that it strikes me that and you could build this society i think it's one of the things we seem to forget is that we are surrounded by by the ghosts of the hallucinations of dead people and what i mean by that is um the corporation okay is a like when you incorporate you know ann and steve limited mm. right that is and it, it, it is an entity a legal entity that um, has in certain countries has personhood and and you you could you and i can stuff that thing full of debt and if it goes wrong then we as individuals bear no Anne and steve bear no liability or our liability is literally limited it's what's called a limited liability company right mm. this is insane we take out debt Anne and steve take out debt mm -hmm. but Anne and steve limited owns the debt and then if it goes wrong we don't owe anything really 
That doesn't make a lick of sense. It's fucking insane when you think about it. That's a limited liability company. Well, right? this is where my lack of economic leaving yeah. subject act. I did not know that. Jeez. But that's a hallucination. Um, yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's 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 that, that and that idea has only come into being uh in the last two centuries. It's a really, yeah. really new idea. Yeah. Um, the idea of limited liability and, and partnerships. Well, partnerships is probably a lot older. It's maybe eight hundred years old. Anyway, whatever. The point about the point about it is that we we have these hallucinations. For example, home ownership. This piece of ground is my ground. Why? Because this piece of paper says so. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then you go. Well, I choose to purchase this piece of the moon. Here is my piece of paper showing you that I own this piece of the moon. And people go, ha, 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 that's crazy, Steve. You're mental. And you go, no, look, this is my piece of paper showing that showing you that I own this house in, in, in Limerick. Um, oh, yes, yes, I agree that that is your piece of piece of ground in Limerick. Yes, indeed, that is your piece of ground. Uh, and this is my piece of ground on the moon. No, 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 that's crazy. It's exactly the same thing. Okay. The difference is the difference is I can't call the cops if you invade my ground in, on the moon. That's the only <laughs> difference, right? That's the only difference. It's absolutely mental. So we we live in these work in this in this in the, in a system that is essentially everyone agreeing to a consensual hallucination and going, okay. yes, this is the norm. That's grand. And so there's no particular reason why you couldn't change that. And the thing about it is it does change. It really does change. We go, you know, years ago, years ago, um, uh, lots of things that are now legal were illegal. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in the in the US, they just legalized marijuana and it's grand. Yeah, like, it's not, like we, we don't know what the long term medical effects are. They're probably not brilliant, but like it's grand. Nothing fell down. It'll yeah. be the same thing here. We'll do it eventually, and it'll be grand. You yeah. know, um, we 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 persist through, and we, 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 um, what I've really noticed is that um, uh, the longer you spend doing this stuff, the longer I live, the more I realize how much of what we experience as fact is arbitrary norm and convention yeah. <laughs> hilarious like and uh and um you can get yourself into a lot of trouble by by playing with that by the way you really can yes uh, you really really can people get i have i have started doing it a little bit I and mean, it, it is a poor choice i can say I, in certain situations people will you do it if you do it enough um i give i give it i always give the example of the bus you know you're you're you you you're sitting on a bus and you come to the top of the bus and you're the only person there. Mm -hmm. Somebody just sits down beside you. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I can hear it in your voice. You're like, <laughs> right? that's just a norm, you know, yeah. but that's a completely innocent one. Um, you can, you can think about much more, um, uh, different, much different ones. But the point about it is we have a, we have a system. The point about this is we have a system. And we can choose to change it. Yeah. Um, and we can choose to live uh, in a world where where the goal is freedom from fear uh, or the goal is um, the minimal amount of cruelty. Um, 
what we were never able to do before in Edgeworth's time and in other times was to measure it properly. And we can now. Yeah. We just can. We just can. I, I happen to be wearing something on my wrist, which is an ECG. <laughs> like it's, okay. a, it's literally a heart monitor on my wrist. Yeah. Um, and, and it talks to me and it tells me things. It's like, yeah. get up, sit down, <laughs> stand up. And I go, okay. <laughs> get up there. So, okay. I mean, I feel like it's smart ass technology more than smart. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like I have this very passive aggressive uh I on my my steps on my phone to like you walked more last week than this week. It's like shut up, you asshole. <laughs> that's cruel. That's not kind. That's that's filling me with fear and anxiety. I mean, I suppose it's a whole other conversation. I know I'm conscious of time, but it's a whole other conversation of, of I suppose, anxiety being in there. Like, mm. I suppose the, the levels of anxiety we, we live with now, or that particularly younger people live with, uh, but us too, um, because of smart-ass technology or because of the connectivity or because of the visibility, because of the, like, when you and I said something stupid when we were teenagers, it was heard by 20 people, 30 people, maybe four people, maybe it was written in a copybook. Now, that's not the case, do you know? And also, Jeff from, I don't know, Wisconsin didn't get to have an opinion on 16-year-old Anne. You know what I mean? Um, in a way that they, you know, there's a lot being navigated now that can't even be quantified because it's so big and fast and, well, maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh, no, so... so uh in one respect, you are you're, you're you're right globally. You're wrong locally in the sense that we can really can quantify the impact of things like social media yeah. on people's mental health, and it's it's negative. Um, yeah, yeah, it's net negative, particularly for um, young teenage girls. Yeah. which is why, which is why um, I am really really hesitating over giving my daughter a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and every I have bought her one. Um, I just do not want to give it to her because it is um, what what I am deliberately exposing her to is the mental health equivalent of smoking. Mm-hmm. And the thing about phones with kids is I am not an expert in parenting, whatever, like, like, like <laughs> I have three kids that does not make me an expert in parenting. Like, like I've, you know, uh, just because just, just because you've eaten a steak doesn't make you an amazing cook. Right. I, so I'm not suggesting any expertise here. However, um, when you want to, when you choose to do these things, you, you, you're always given an opportunity as a parent to be thoughtful, mm. right? And most of us, especially me, are not thoughtful about this at all. We just go, okay, fine, and that's just what happens, right? You just, you go with the flow. I'm just struck by the fact that I really have looked into the research on this quite deeply, and and it's really clear to me that um, it is bad for them, right? And when you, you have to assume your children are competent, intelligent, empathetic, resilient people, right? And mine are, and that's, thank God they are. But like, 
um, if you give them the phone, like it's like I'm going to give them the phone and turn on parental controls, you know, then they definitely won't be able to watch, you know, nude videos or whatever. You're like, yes, they absolutely will, right? Mm -hmm. They because they're smarter than you are. They're resilient. They're they're you know they know how to use this stuff. So you yeah. put you put this thing in their hands, they are going to be able to use all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, fine. So you have to trust them that they have enough emotional maturity to be able to handle what is frankly. You know, this the a sort of a I don't know, it's like a sort of a it's sort of a fire hose of 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 positivity and negativity and and consumerist nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, I'm not pretending like I'm some some ascetic. I'm addicted to my phone as well. <laughs> well, this is this is this feel like I'm giving them the the, the the equivalent of like cigarettes i don't know it's hard yeah. to describe well, it's different for my two sons as well i should say that okay but i was like here you go you know and like we gave them to them at the same time to be clear um, um when they finished primary school just before they started secondary school mm. but yeah i don't know i i just i don't know um i will finish up on this one thing mm -hmm. um, which is about happiness and age mm. uh your happiness decreases, self-reported happiness decreases from the time you're about 25 mm -hmm. until the time you're about 45. Okay. And then it increases again. Yay! Which means that you and I have happier future to look forward to. Yeah, quite soon. It also means that as Ireland's, as Ireland's population ages, if the same imperial empirical regularity holds we will also see a happier older society yeah. grayer greener happier so grayer greener thing. happier that's like uh it's a positive thing it is genuinely fitter happier more productive as radiohead would say or grayer <laughs> greener happier <laughs> i see it's it's um something struck me there that's a really lovely point to end on um when you talk about we can change things are things ghosts of the past funny random anecdote um did you know you can shoot someone um from the top of the bell tower in trinity on a particular day of the year and not be charged with murder uh, but i think murder needs to be a protestant and the victim needs to be a catholic for it to be okay cool i mean cool. That, someone needs to write that Agatha Christie <laughs> murder <laughs> mystery <laughs> Hollywood blockbuster and you feel like yeah 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 I love the arbitrariness of it that's fantastic but that's it but I mean that's something that's still kind of legal that's from the past as you said like kind of like your um random things that that hang on for no reason uh, that we just mm -hmm. haven't bothered um it's, it's just still there um well look I mean I do feel like that Tommy Tiernan character and Father Ted is just happy when he listens to happy music and then the sad music comes on and he gets sad. <laughs> I feel a bit like that with the weather. I mean, I'm feeling good now. Um, but look, lots of really interesting points. And also, this was a talk. This was a talk you gave and it might happen again sometime, will it? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I give this talk as part of the um, Pint of Science uh, Festival. Mm -hmm. JJ Bull's pub. Um very happy to give it again. Um I I had loads of extra stuff 
in the talk that I just didn't get around to because it sort of descended into a stand-up comedy routine. It's hard to describe, really. <laughs> it's a very funny, it was a very funny gig, very funny gig, and I really enjoyed it um, because the surveys that I'm reporting on, they have things like phobias and they have things like, um, you know, anxieties, whatever, but they also have a lot of stuff about sex. Mm-hmm. And what you need, how, how much sex you need to be happy, um, how many, what the optimal number of sexual partners is, and all this kind of stuff. So it's really like, like you can, it's it's a serious empirical study. But if you want to have to crack with it, you absolutely can. Um, and I did, and uh, we did, and it was great I, fun. I did spot the number of ideal sexual partners, and we might come back to that some other Indeed. time. And let's leave on that cliffhanger. I will say one thing: a bit of shameless self promotion. Uh, I am actually performing my show again in July. Fantastic. Sixth of July, Thursday, as part of Limerick Pride, seven o'clock in Dolan's Warehouse, uh, the morning after the life before. And you know what? It is bottling a very happy moment in our nation's history. And it's a quite a happy show. But it's got it's got a bit of heartache in there. But ultimately it's it's a big hug of a play, bit of feel good. So go to Dolan's.ie and um come and say hi. Um, and anything big coming up for, for yourself, Stephen, that you want to promote? Uh, not see? yet, not yet, not yet. But um, we we are um, w- w- uh, watch this space because there's some really really cool stuff. I'm working on some. I'm working on. Some, I'm, I'm going to get excited now, and I can't because okay. we got to go. But because we have to go, um, there there is there is two things that I'm just oh my god. Like okay, between that and the amount of yeah. ideal sexual partners, I think I think people are just going to be flooding back to us the next time we yes, are. all three of our listeners. <laughs> Hi to three listeners. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. Uh, yeah, in the meantime, indeed. I have been Anne. You have been Steve, indeed. and uh, and we will see you next time. All right. Thank you. You have been listening to Anne and Steve talk stuff. A Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at AnnSteveTalk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at AnnBlake78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post.